All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 23 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Odd Shark. I'm your host, Brock Segan. You just quickly heard from Dylan D. Berthume, and we also have Michael Biebs Bondi, fresh from the basketball court. Oh, yeah. How's it going, boys? Um, you know... Doing good. A little, little pooped. Was out there hooping. I'm sure I mentioned it last time, but as you get older, that's a sport that just destroys your bod. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm just gonna sit here like a zombie and uh, like Fat Joe. I'm just gonna lean back all episode. <laughs> that's why I don't play anymore because uh, you're, le- you know, you're leaving every single week with at least one nagging. Yeah, injury. one digits, uh, just a little loose or like that always happens. The, yeah. the stub, the yeah. worst. I can only have so many bum ankles. Oh yeah, yeah. I had like when I was like. 12 or some shit like grade school i got like a bounce pass and it just shattered my one finger yeah, yeah. but like I, it broke like the growth plate shit i'm like oh they're like yeah you might have just a little finger. do you have a, sh- a really short finger that no, was it ended up like healing oh. properly and the finger is uh pretty normal. i got so excited oh, this is where we good. find oh. out that brock just has a super short digit and, but yeah uh, those uh those injuries are they're all short yeah, yeah. they're all short yeah, it's he's, all he's a tiny kid the uh Man, I played a couple times. I think last year, man. Every time I got off, I was just like, "Oh yeah, we go like hard." The, sh- the shin splints, bro. The yeah. shin splints well, are the worst. Issue. Yeah. Go way too. Oh yeah, hard. I'm, I'm not uh, trying to go hard in the pain at <laughs> Thursday night pick. Yeah, up. that's why it's great that I just run the points, so you know I don't got to do those battles. But uh, stand at the top, it just rip triples. Yeah, all night. it's a nice, it, it's a nice change from uh, from playing hockey. So you know, it's good. Um, all right, so just a quick update on the show. Um, 
I will be leaving on vacation next Wednesday, and I'll be gone for 10 days. Um, so we're going to try to set up a way for these two to do it by themselves. Yeah. If not, um, we're pretty incompetent though. So yeah, the only issue is obviously Dylan is going to be super busy buried in work, running the show. So he'll he'll be manning the point. Um, so we'll see. He'll be uh, manning the point and the front. He's doing it all. It could be, uh, it could be a couple week hiatus uh, without the show. I think though we are going to try to just we'll try to get something out either yeah. way, even well, if it's like a short one on the weekend or yeah. something. And I think as just long an as update l- that D's alive, yeah, even if it's exactly, just that a yeah. five minute where yeah, I'm D's good. By the word. Yeah. yeah, as long as we can figure something out, we'll be able to uh, try to get something going, um, even if it's just something short. Yeah. Sure, because it's the juicy portion of the season. So, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. so even if we just hop on the Fridays to talk weekend streamers or something like that, yeah, yeah, who, who knows? Um, something in order to kind of just in case though we don't uh, get anything out in the next couple weeks. Because of that, uh, we're going to kind of just jump ahead a couple weeks here in today's episode and kind of just take an early look at the trade deadline. Um, Obviously, none of us here are insiders. Uh, We don't claim to be. We don't try to be. uh, But there are some big names out there, and we want to kind of look at it from a fantasy perspective. Uh, You know, maybe some places where some of these key forwards could go. Yeah, me and and Beavs do have a friend from high school that works in ticketing at MLSE. Yeah, so we are technically insiders, if you're wondering. We have an inside connection, so... Anyways, so uh, we'll get into that in the second half of the show. Come on. Uh, In the first half, though, we're going to do what we've started the last couple weeks and just kind of start uh, the show with some trending topics uh, in the NHL. There's some trends right now. Um, And obviously, we're going to start in Toronto, where Frederick Anderson recently went down with a neck injury. He is currently listed as day-to-day. He was on the ice today. Um, working with the goalie coach one-on-one. Uh, so that's a positive sign that, you know, he probably isn't going to miss too, too much time. Does day-to-day still mean seven to ten days, or is that a Babcock thing? Uh, I think that's a baseball thing. That I, uh, was Babs. Whenever Babs said day-to-day, it meant seven to ten. Uh, it was like a thing. Huh. Yeah, it seems like it could literally be day-to-day, like two days. could be two days, you'd yeah. you'd think. Um, but anyways, in the meantime, they went out last night and acquired Jack Campbell Wins and Kyle Clifford. From the Los Angeles Kings Big in exchange for yeah. Trevor Moore, <laughs> a third-round pick, and a conditional third-round pick. Yep. Um, yeah. I absolutely love Great the deal. trade for the Leafs. Uh, I think Jack Campbell is uh, a really quality netminder. Uh, I know I tweeted out that I absolutely thought it was the best pickup for yeah. them in terms of the price that they were going to have to pay the cap hit. Uh, everybody came back at me and said, "Yeah, people are looking every, way too much at just this season." Well, and everybody just thinks that like Gorgiev is like the second coming of Jesus, which I think Gorgiev is also uh, incredible. But what did we um, miss there? That, the, I was thinking that too. The the price for Gorgiev would have just been so much steeper. Um, so, sure, I don't think everyone thought. I mean, no one's going to oh, tweet no. at you to say I agree. You yeah, know? it's not some people, but everyone's but. everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, he has the same save percentage as the guy you just sent down." But it's like, yeah, but he's also on the LA Kings right now. They've been struggling a lot more, and just I don't know, like. Look at look at his stats from last year. Yeah, so, he, just, uh, so that's what I was going to say. He struggled a bit so far here. this year, uh, but he was legit Anybody among bit, some of the hush. best goalies in the NHL a season ago. And if you put those two seasons together uh, since the start of last year, Campbell's tenth in the NHL in goals against average and is tied for ninth in save percentage. Um, the Kings notoriously play a, a little bit tighter defensive hockey um, than the Maple Leafs, but that's changed a little bit this year. They play a much more up-tempo yeah, style of hockey, just not and good. that's been kind of more... Yeah, it's yeah. their defense that are just it's, terrible. It's when been you're ref- giving up on oh, man rush all the time, eventually they're going to leak their way back the other way. So, yeah. so that's been reflected yeah. in his numbers a little bit, but uh, I think Campbell is, is 
very quality. I think it's a great pickup. He's obviously a huge upgrade over Michael Hutchinson and a really quality number two for um, the Maple Leafs. A couple more stats for you guys. Since Sheldon Keefe took over the Maple Leafs, uh, they've given up the 12th most scoring chances for, uh, or scoring chances against, I should say, and the 16th most high danger scoring chances against. Um, so I think that their defensive struggles are a little bit overblown. You hear people talking about how they're just an absolute tire fire uh, defensively, and according to the numbers, that's not really the case. And at the same time, they're first in expected goals for at even strength and have the top Ooh. power play percentage over that time. So yeah. uh, while Anderson's out, the win equity is absolutely there for Jack Campbell. Uh, I think, you know, he, he... They got him for a couple of years, too. That's kind of big. He just signed an extension, I believe, for... Two years, uh, 1.25 yeah. million. And that's what they needed. They, they yeah, needed someone on, on a backup contract and someone who they could they yeah. could trust because obviously the trust was in there in Hutch. Yeah. So it's two years of that cap hit. Beautiful. After this year. I, this year, I think he's still on a min contract. It's perfect. So about 700K, yeah, so. No, his like his cap hit was like under 700. Like, I've never even seen a cap. He had like a yeah. 6.9, like 695... I've never seen like cabinet that low, but he's, and like, over in uh, being paid less than like Tyler Ennis. Over yeah. in LA, Cal Cal Peterson. Um, after we saw him play last year, I mean the guy put up, I believe it was a nine twenty three last season. Over a, a pretty decent he's had sample a brutal year though in the NHL. Terrible, but still, you know, it's someone who's I believe he's twenty three years old. Someone that uh, you know, may, might make a decent look in. Uh, he's probably in line for a lot of work. They probably yeah. want to see exactly what dynasty they have leagues. Him. I mean, he could be what's someone if you're on? out and you need someone at the bottom of your roster. Looking for goalie help. I mean, I wouldn't want him next year because they're going to be just as bad, if not worse. But at the same time, you know, it's someone who is interesting, who, who had some success in the show. I, last I would year. think that he's just going to be what Campbell. Absolutely, was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. A, a streaming thing. option when when the schedule lines up and maybe when the matchups uh, are right, but probably. It, oh, I don't want him at all. You don't even. Yeah. Uh, D, you're our resident Maple Leafs fan. Uh, let's go to you here quickly about what you kind of your thoughts on the whole trade uh, were yesterday. Uh, I was pretty happy with it. You know, a couple third round picks. Uh, you know, a couple of lottery tickets. Whatever. It's kind of what you, the pri- the price to pay, right? Uh, you get away with really only giving more off the roster, which is kind of about the 12th, 13th, 14th forward at this point. So not a lot off this season. Uh, you got to figure more would be a guy that yeah. once he gets off his entry level is going to be tough for them to mm-hmm. re-sign either way. There's probably going to be a lot of similar trades in the next few years for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. They just have. So I love that Clifford pickup. Uh, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Someone pointed out. I think it was Dave McCarthy, uh, least reporter, he pointed out pushes play. Uh, well, no, not so, not as much. I mean, yeah. he, he's kind of played up and down the lineup in the past, but the real thing was just the connection uh, that Dubas had to both. Dubas, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. when he was the GM of the Sioux, traded for Campbell and Junior. Yeah. Uh, and then also before he was the GM, I mean, he's done everything. He's already 30 years old, but he was a player agent for a year or two and he actually represented Kyle Clifford. Oh. Um, so yeah, Back it, when he was playing for Erie. Yeah. It makes sense when some guy who's kind of known for his truculence and his tenacity, yeah. it's going to be someone that Dubas actually knows, right? Yeah. Cause, uh, I guess not the type of player profile that, or the mold yeah. that normally fits, uh, what you would expect to come out of a Dubas yeah. acquisition. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I think he's going to kind of, uh, be, or at least from a role perspective, he's going to play what what Moore was, right? Probably be in and out of the lineup. Uh, could potentially see some time in the playoffs, depending on who they're up against. you got to imagine a yeah. team like Boston, um, you know, who we've seen obviously push around the Leafs in recent years, uh, that Clifford might actually get some Yeah, he's got that, like that. that playoff we, experience, too. He's yeah, got I a mean, couple cups. Yeah, I think we've kind of... Zero teeth. We've come a little bit full circle with that stuff where it was, you know, so clearly overvalued in the past. Yeah. It still um, is good, though, for a vet just in the room just to kind of, you know, be there, exactly, been there, done that. Exactly. Composure. And for to throw in in the trade, obviously, yeah. LA, it retains yeah. half the salary on that. So I thought that was fine. And I do believe um, it was uh, Dom Legge, whatever sure. his last name is, as we we all know him on the... Um, he did say that. He, I'm pretty sure he had a positive course here. Yeah, in no, LA, for sure. For which sure. is uh, just shows, you know, that's, yeah, that's a guy that Dubas is going to be licking too. his lips at. But yeah, a solid complimentary piece that can actually... Yeah. 
yeah, on a bad team. So. Worth a lick um, for a guy his size and his toughness. So, uh, yeah, I thought that made a lot of sense as a throw-in. The condition on the trade, I believe it was, uh, if the Leafs make the playoffs and Campbell in six games, or they re-sign Clifford. So you can probably guarantee Clifford's not getting re-signed unless yeah. that other stipulation's already met. Um, but, yeah, he's kind of reminds me of like the Brian Boyle pickup a, a couple of years ago. Um, just add a little bit of size and uh, you know uh, versatility, I guess, down the lineup. Yeah, it was a team that's uh, been looking for some some toughness ever since kind of the Matt Martin um, <laughs> days, um, and he can just you know we've seen him play in the top yeah. six before in an absolute pinch. That won't be the case in Toronto because they're absolutely loaded with talent. Yeah, uh, but he's also just a guy that can just absolutely punch your face right into your oh, yeah. back and, your skull. So and like we've heard Duas talk about it before, like he's not ever against bringing guys like that into the lineup, but they need to be able to skate worth the, their weight and yeah. uh, have at least some upside uh, offensively. So I think Clifford's and it's kind of cool is uh, he's a local boy from Air, uh, Ontario. So you know he's just close to Toronto, so he's going to be giving her for for the boys, um, yeah, especially yeah, if they're making a, a playoff. If they're making a playoff, couple round. rings on the kids. Yeah, right? so yeah. you know people have been there, done that. that. People, yeah. So we'll talk about it. The uh, championship pedigree, and he was excited to be there. But anyways, uh, Kyle Clifford not. You know, no, very, not fantasy uh, relevant. Very fantasy relevant. So we'll move on. Uh, I just want to add one quick note on this trade as well. I also think, from a fantasy perspective, um, that this is a pretty good buy low opportunity for Anderson. Uh, first of all, he's hurt. Second of all, he has a 377 goals against average and an 884 save percentage in his last nine starts. And his owners are probably a little bit worried uh, about his potential workload down the stretch, especially with the injury now that Campbell is in town. Um, so I think this is a really good buy low opportunity. Um, I read you the numbers, both from a defensive and offensive perspective. Um, you know, when you're playing for the Leafs, probably going to give up some goals, but you also have some yeah. of the highest win equity in the NHL. So I think it's a really good opportunity to try to go and uh, and get yourself uh, a Frederick Anderson at this point in time. Um, let's stick within the Atlantic Division. Sergei Bobrovsky has been uh, resurgent as of late. Um, I, I think a week or two ago, we, we had said we are not worried about Bobrovsky. We had questions about whether or not people should drop him. We said absolutely not. Hold on. Um, just he'll continue to work through this. Yeah, it came uh, around nicely. There's, there's better days ahead. Um, since then, he's been he's been red hot. 5-1-1 one one with a 256 goals against average and a 926 save percentage in his last seven starts. Coming into tonight, though, where he was absolutely torched six goals on 29 shots. Uh, but the team in front of him was absolutely terrible. Um, I looked at the underlying numbers of this game. I think that uh, high danger chances for and against was like 27 to two. Um, the Golden Knights just absolutely worked the Panthers all night. So not so much a reflection on Bob's performance as much as it was just a team as a whole. They got uh, absolutely shit pumped by the Golden Knights. Um, and as of right now, though, the Panthers do still give up far too many scoring chances against. Um, but their offense is fantastic, so they should keep winning games. But you, you have to imagine um, that you're going to continue to see something similar to the line he's po- posted the last couple weeks where yep. he's posted 926 save percentage, but that's still only good enough for a 256 goals against average. He's still giving up <laughs> um, those three goal games. It's going to happen in Florida. They just give up too much offense but against. Yeah, but that'll if come they're going the out winning four three games and you're getting the W, that's you know that's yeah. all we're really looking for. We time. saw him play a back-to-back earlier in the week um, and get the back-to-back wins. That's a nice look for him, mm-hmm. especially for fantasy owners. It's beautiful Almost across two. To Almost put three in a row together too, and then he goes into Columbus. He stops fucking 44-44. Yeah, and then and our boy first, Elvis just uh, first goal or first shot in overtime goes in against him. It's like ah, he deserved it, especially back in Columbus. Wierenski again too. Yeah, he's been just absolutely like just absolutely outstanding. I I I just like at this point, I I don't think we can. Comp- 
complain too much about a 256 goals against average after what we've seen uh, from Brovsky earlier in the year. No, where he was yeah. getting up five spots left, right, and center, getting yanked for Chris Dreger like it was his job. Yeah. Um, and with Dreger injured right now. Which is far from what uh, his job is. Yeah. Dreger injured, there's no real, not like there was ever, you know, a threat, mm-hmm. but but it shows that, you know, they're they're all in on, on Bob. They're going to play him. If they're playing a guy back to back, this serious shit. So uh, you love seeing that as well. And they're just like. trying to stockpile points right now. Yeah. Like they need as many as they get. They know the Leafs are hot on their tails, along with uh, pretty much the entire Metro division so uh do you guys have anything else do you anything else to add on bob no uh no not I, really I, I know goalies aren't really your guys forte and uh we're heavy goalies because anything you say episode. about them it's going to be different in two weeks so if you know. anyone tells you goalies is their forte they're lying to you yeah <laughs> um let's talk about elvis merzlikens you just mentioned uh mentioned him a little bit beeps uh he's been absolutely ridiculous uh since corpus yeah. got hurt in late december um Merzlikens has been straight ridiculous. He's 11-2-0, has a 162 goals against average, a 951 save percentage, and four shutouts. Four donuts is ridiculous. Yeah, it's just been... At this point. Like, I think it's like is, four uh, in his last six. Are we just going to see this every year? Because, you know, we had Bingington do it last year. We had him do it. Um, who's going to do it next year? It's you know, is someone in San Jose just coming ass. out of nowhere? He was like 0-4 and 4 with like an 850 save percentage his first yeah. eight starts. And then now he's like, I'm God. Must be 24 to break out. That's a rule. It's crazy. Um, but no, he's uh, he's unbelievable. He clearly has some swagger to him. You can see it when they play. His name's goddamn Elvis. It's Elvis, and he plays the guitar when they win. And then he just hops on whoever scores a goal, which is amazing. Yeah, he's hype. Um, super hype. But you love to see it. Um, we were all pretty worried about Columbus, what was going to happen there, especially after the bad start by Merzlinkis. But uh, he's a guy where if, if, if you jumped on him, he could be getting you into the playoffs right now. He could be winning weeks 100%. for you. And uh, it's someone who, if you're Columbus and you got uh, Corpus Allo coming back, Corpus Allo didn't necessarily st- steal the show when he was in Columbus there um, as their starter. He was just getting wins. It's just a case of, you know, he was, again, winning. He was enough. But uh, if you got Elvis, who's doing more than enough, getting 43 save shutouts against high-end teams like Florida, then, uh, then you're going to just let him take that number one spot. So if you got him right now, enjoy. And uh, I think... The ride's going to continue for, for a little bit. Maybe not this good, but, you know, well, yeah, he is a if starter. It get, if it gets now. better than this, I don't think oh, it's possible. Be, yeah. um, just quickly, too, it hasn't all been Merzlikens, though. We've mentioned it uh, a couple times on this show. Uh, the Blue Jackets have been terrific defensively. Uh, they're among the top 10 teams in terms of scoring chances against and top five teams in terms of scoring chances against. So um, they're doing him just as many favors as, as he's doing them. So uh, a lot to like about the Blue Jackets right now, a lot to like about Merzlikens. Uh, D, haven't heard from you in a couple minutes. Anything to say about uh, our boy Elvis? Uh, no, I was just going to point out, uh, I guess kind of along the same lines that you have, Brock, that Merzlikens 2.0, Matisse Kiv... Kivalednik. Yeah, that's the name. He looks uh, good. He's looked good in the looks two great. that he's had, too. Yeah. So I, I do think it's a testament to how well Columbus is playing in front of him right now. Uh, but yeah, a pair of young goaltenders. Uh, who knows, by this time next year, it might be pretty clear that Corpus Allo was the third best goaltender in the organization. Uh, really I don't, I don't think he's great, there, but yeah, he's looked really good. He so. never has like like Corpus Allo's never really like stole the show in Columbus, even like years when you know he's when yeah, Bob he, went he down. Had a couple of years where he had strong numbers yeah. as a backup, but it's always tough to tell with a 15, 20 game sample behind yeah. a guy like Bob. Obviously, he's not going to play that much. Um, so yeah, you know, not terribly surprising. We, we he was incredibly it. hot right before he went down too. Like the, yeah. the, we thought that this was going to be devastating for them, and it just. It's gonna suck it's, to be him right now. I think it's right gotta now. just showcase that how good they've been defensively. Like, yeah, he was sure. red hot for a month. He goes down. Merzlikens comes in ridiculously hot for a month and a half, and then Kevin Neck. Yeah, he's he got a nine fifty in, in yeah. two games. So, so uh, they've just been absolutely outstanding. Um, sure. Let's go to Washington. Ilya Samsonov is kind of uh, I wouldn't say taking over the job, 
but he has clearly forced this into a 50-50 split at this point. Um, Samsonov has started six of the last 13 games. I think that's going back to January 1st. Um, and he's played well while Holtby has struggled. Samsonov um, has got a 2.07 goals against average and a 9.33 save percentage over those six starts on the opposite side. Holtby has a 3.46 goals against average and an 8.76 save percentage. Um, so to me, um, obviously Merzlikens is playing like a playing like a goalie or a fantasy netminer one right now. Um, but Samsonov, I think, also has standalone yeah. number two value. Uh, Absolutely. The, the, the Capitals go in and they seemingly win almost every night. Ovi and gets a hat trick every other. Yeah, and he's been uh, he's been playing terrifically. It. I mean, 9.33 save percentage is all you can really ask yeah. for. Uh, I know I own both of them in uh, in the DFO league, and I play Samsonov and Benj Holby yeah, almost every As time. you should. Yeah. And it's worked yeah. perfect. But uh, I'm still not doing it. Yeah, well, we almost saw Holby lose the gig last year. Not almost, but we saw Phoenix Copley come in and take some starts after Holby was bad. So Grubauer started fucking year before the first game of the playoffs. No, yeah, yeah, that was a year before. Yeah, Yeah. so we've seen it happen year after year. This is year three of this for them. And uh, at some point, you know, the when you're put up in 897, the the leash has got to. Gotta just yeah, but I, I still just think there's that you like it's the trust factor, yeah. right? And at any point when uh, uh, like I could see a fifty fifty going from here though, just and yeah, but it, with the way he's playing, it's, obviously performance wise, you would expect Samsonov to have or Samsonov. Sorry, we're just gonna act like Sergey yeah. wasn't in the league for ten years, and now we got a new one who's way better. Decides how we pronounce it, yeah. but um, yeah, like I, hope he's gonna have the longer leash no matter what and i think what happened a couple of years ago when they won the cup with grubauer is you know proof of that you know, yeah grubauer carries them into the playoffs and then uh falters through one start and then it goes right back yeah. to holpy right so I, I think that's kind of how it's going to play out i'd be shocked if samsonov's the one leading them through the playoffs uh you know come may june but we'll see i think the really interesting point uh that makes this a little bit of a different situation compared to the grubauer situation from a few years ago is it's Holby's last year yeah, uh, in his deal. Yeah, they need to really figure out at this moment if they are going to offer this guy a new contract or if they're just going to let him walk. And that's say, true, but that's We're more going of a, with Sam Sonoff now. He's our guy. That's a, more of a management perspective versus a coaching perspective. That's no, trying yeah, to win sure. a game in, game and out. And I think Reardon uh, at this point has, like I said, a lot more trust and a lot more confidence in Holtby. And I think it's just a lot easier. Um, if you do lose, if you do get knocked out of the playoffs, it's a much easier pill to swallow if you you have your guy, yeah. your franchise netminder yeah. in there instead of. If he's know, walking into that's played well into the playoffs with a below nine hundred. That's that's scary shit. I, yeah, but that was literally what happens. I think he was like eight ninety something uh, a and couple he years well ago, and yeah, he yeah. turned it on nine oh seven time. Uh, the Grubauer year, and then a nine eleven last year. So both years, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, the, and that yeah, the nine oh seven was was it was I'm pretty it sure was it was a nine twenty early yeah, exactly. yeah by mid season. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with what we've seen. Um, I think yeah. they gotta let him walk. Though. Yeah, I just end think. Of the year. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, Smell if it ya. ends up being anywhere near a toss-up, it's gonna go to Holpe. Um, but yeah, obviously at this point, if you do have Holpe, uh, hopefully you picked up Samsung. Yeah, you should be a little concerned. Ago, yeah. yeah, you're basically getting every other start, and it's at pretty low quality too. So. Yeah, I saw right, 16 career regular season save percentage, career 928 in the playoffs. Though boy shows Gross. up when it matters most. Um, all right, the let's beard. close this uh, segment out with Aaron Dell. Um, huh? huh? We've been kind of uh, at least bigger fans of Dell than we were of Martin Jones. Sure, uh, it's all relative. Like just, yeah, like I mean, not really, really think, fans of either, really to be honest. That if I'm Jones was very good, and Dell should get more no, work, and they finally have too. gone uh, fully the other way, which is nice to see because Dell has been terrific, really. Um, over his last ten starts, he's six four and zero with a two twenty one goals against average and nine thirty one save percentage. Uh, he's so clearly taken over the starting job. 
Uh, but they still not very great on not very great on D. Uh, their offense still lacking a little. Uh, I mean, lately they've yeah. they've somehow it's hard to be good on D when you don't have a center. Thomas Hurdle, which is mind blowing. Uh, but still, Big I think Joe that at this point up. he's still just kind of a low end number two fantasy option. Um, you know, a guy that can three. be trusted in certain matchups, yeah. but uh, ideally yeah. a three. I'd say a three yeah, like for had, me. Yeah, yeah. Number two, he's playing like right yeah. Now, it's just that that team on your team. Yeah, is this a, is a, this is the best three. you're getting from Aaron Dell. We've seen a big enough sample size, so I, I'd say enjoy it. Um, but I don't expect this to last very long. Um, but big shout out to our boy uh, Bobby Boogs out there who's putting something Doing together right now. Putting does, something together. No couture, no yeah. hurdle. Not easy to do. All right, that no was a uh, Martin Jones sucks yeah, no ass. Yeah, Martin Jones has been bad. he's so bad. R.I.P. Martin Jones. Yeah. Um, all right, that's the end of the first half Sorry, of this show. Uh, we are going to fire it over to our friends, the Juno-nominated Blue Stones. Yep. Um, and then when we get back, we will talk a little bit of trade deadline. Uh, we've got about five forwards that are kind of just like either definitely fantasy relevant or on the cusp of fantasy relevancy, and you know whether or not a trade. Um, can help them become more fantasy relevant or what, it, what it's going to do and just you know kind of guess talk a little bit uh, have a little bit of fun talk about some potential landing spots for them so enjoy the blue stones as always we will see you back here in 60 Welcome back to Season 5, Episode 23 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Audrey. I heard, I heard a thing about uh, Jordan today that like sure. he almost did. Michael? He, yeah, Michael. Michael, he almost, yes. He almost didn't sign or like like a shoe a deal with Nike. Like He had no interest in oh, yes, yes. a shoe deal did with see Nike. That. He wanted to go with like um, Converse or Adidas, but then his agent was like, no, like we absolutely love... We absolutely love like Nike. Yeah, they, like they wanted them so. And bad. Jordans and are like the up, biggest thing. And then yeah. it turned into like just the biggest thing ever. I'm like, man, what that probably been, changed yeah. every fucking thing for Nike. Imagine Converse Jordans. Like we were all just wearing those instead. Well, I mean, they weren't Air Jordans till after the fact, right? Like theoretically, could have done Air Jordans with Adidas. Mm-hmm. Could have. Was but it like, the creative like, one that has nice? But, but like, think about like. I gotta imagine Jordan the was landscape. the one who thought to make his own brand out of it, right? The landscape of like how big Nike ended up getting. Sure, just, sure. Yeah. Would have been changed. The whole world would yeah. have been different. And then they would be marginally smaller than Adidas instead exactly. of the other way around. Exactly. That's what you're getting at? Adidas. Got you. But that, okay. Adidas. We yeah. are a. It's a news with Brock. Fantasy hockey <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I know. I heard that. I read that today. I was like, "That's that's funny." That's your segment. It's a um, good read. News with good news. Well, I'll bring up a yeah, random fact. One minute segment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a MJ new- thought about not signing with Mike Nike <laughs> I'm a twenty newsman. years ago. I'm a newsman. Um, all right, let's take a little look at the trade deadline. Okay. Uh, we've outlined five wingers sure. uh, that all 
are probably getting dealt. Or one center, I check. Ex- oh yeah, one center. Sorry. Yeah. Four, five forwards. Uh, all expected to be dealt at she, some she, point she, here she. in the next couple weeks. And a defenseman, or did you just assume? No, we're not going to talk about him. He's, he's not, he's like, not fancy. We yeah. should talk about who it is. No. There is one. No, don't worry about it. It's Alec Martinez. Brock thought we should talk about Alec Martinez. I thought. You know, it was... Uh, Unless like, you're in a block shot league. He doesn't matter. Let's he's not got talk eight about points in 32 games this season, yeah. and he's probably he's only playing less, no matter he's where he's He's probably owning 0% of leagues. Um, all right. I literally wrote, why are we talking about Alec Martinez? Yeah, yeah. I put nothing, so I was like... I, I honestly didn't even know I listed right. him. You were right. I actually didn't write anything for him, and that wasn't even on purpose. I just had it on a different page and totally missed his name, but Perfect. I got everyone else, so all here right. we are. Let's start with Chris Carter of the New York Rangers. Yep. Uh, he was hurt. Sure. Looked like that could affect his trade value. Came back. Had a great night last night. Yep. Uh, Played in the All Star game. Phenomenal uh, all season. He's been absolutely on uh, a torrid pace. He's over a point per game since like he hasn't been that great all December. season. But no, he's since, no, but like since yes. like, the start of December, I he think he's struggled. He's off got the bat. 24 points in his last 23 games. Oh yeah, he's been unreal. something like that. If I'm not mistaken, it's almost like, basically uh, since he started playing with the Banner. Yeah, yeah. And Stromer. And, uh, so, all right, D. We'll start with you, Chris Kreider. Uh, potential landing spot for him. What a trade could do to his fantasy value. Uh, not quite sure about the potential landing spot, if I'm going to be quite honest with you. It's tough to really look at these teams yeah. and think which ones, uh, A, have the cap space, and B, uh, you know, there's not a lot of contending teams that are looking to add uh, a first-line winger. I, obviously, the one main exemption is Edmonton, and that's the one that I yeah. think is going to keep coming up throughout the segment because it makes a lot of sense. Uh, they're really the only team that's in a playoff position right now where you kind of look at them and think they could use... Uh, another top six winger or two. Yeah, yeah I think that the, yeah. a couple teams that we're going to probably talk about a lot, a lot of the teams that you've seen um, on kind of these Pierre Lebron and yeah. Yeah. Bob McKenzie tweets is Boston looking for probably a top six winger. Dallas looking for a top six winger. Edmonton, obviously. St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, especially Colorado with has the cap room. Colorado, if, if they can fit. Well, yeah. Tarasenko did skate with the squad. Today. Yeah. He's, yeah, he went out there. Yeah. <laughs> skated around a little, yeah. Skated around a little bit. Out. One yeah. thing about Carter, though, is every single game he keeps upping his value even more. Um, personally, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they keep him around and sign him, especially with the way it's working right now. Just seems, uh, you know, with that top six, none of those guys really have to go anywhere. Capo Caco is making a nice little impact now. Um, we're starting to see, well, not starting. We're seeing Zabinja just dominate, and they got two lines that are rolling. Um, yeah, yeah. It almost yeah, seemed so I, like they were gonna prepare for life without yeah, Kreider last exactly. night, and then they didn't. They and then kept he had Kreider a great night. Zabanejad's wing and kept Kreider there. Yeah, so. that was a big showing, I thought, um, because uh, for those of you who don't know, he was day to day and uh, skating with the team. So some people thought he mo- they might just keep him there, which they could have did, and uh, just before they traded him, not risk the injury. So now, not, when he did dress and play, it was kind of a sign that you know maybe they are thinking about keeping him around. I thought. And with this type of production, that's where you want it to appear. Um, either way, absolutely, right? a yeah. More yeah, and I think a lot of the trade stuff came after you know the rough start off the bat. It looked like he wasn't necessarily fitting at the moment, but um, I know even in a couple leagues, I dropped him. Um, actually, I'm very, yeah, I dropped him in two leagues, and now I'm, I'm regretting it. Got him sure. back in one, thank God. But um, yeah, as Brock mentioned, on an absolute tear lately, seems to have found what we thought we were getting when people actually drafted him this year. So. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of player where. Uh, you would expect to lose some fantasy value in any potential trade. I think Edmonton's the yeah. one landing spot uh, here where maybe the value, at the very least, maintains or his production maintains or, or it holds or uh, you know could it, I guess theoretically improve too if he is playing 18 minutes a night on McDavid's wing. But aside from that, it's it's hard to imagine it getting a lot better. Uh, you know, Panarin's yeah. arrival really hasn't affected his usage at all. Kreider's still playing first line with advantage. Yeah, still seeing plenty of power play time. There are a couple landing spots, like I said, where he, his usage might not waver too much, but it's hard to imagine 
Uh, that average time on ice of 17.33 improving. And I can't imagine any center, you know, save for maybe outside McDavid being uh, a significant improvement over Zibanejad. Yeah, right? looks unreal. Um, so, yeah, it's just hard to imagine it getting better. I think if you did pick up on Kreider, you're kind of hoping uh, it's Edmonton or bust at this point, right? You're hoping he either stays put or maybe ends up in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like Pittsburgh doesn't really have as much flexibility as they've had in years past to make this kind of move, and I think they're, you know, maybe the they don't have as much high end talent on. They the always wings. seem to f- find a way to get it done, though. They always yeah. seem to. Rutherford makes a splash every year. Sure, sure, but I, like, uh, there's not as much high end talent on the wings, but there's more depth than we've yeah. seen in recent years. I think they feel a lot better about their bottom six uh, this year as compared to most years, and I, I think how well they performed through the injuries is probably a testament to that too, right? Yeah, and I think, like, the one thing is uh, Kreider seems to be kind of the only, like, really big name that's going to go out and fetch a huge return. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, it could be a case where the Rangers yeah. are... Yeah, Hall obviously would have been the main one. Of course. I think Toffoli um, might, might get a good grab, but, you know... Yeah, I just don't think it'll be as It's all comparable, right? Exactly, There's nothing yeah. out of this world. Like I said, Hall would have been that one, like, elite oh, yeah. talent. Okay, but. I think that what... I think where they are different is that the Rangers, like we've kind of alluded to, might not be fully... A, you know, set on trading yeah. him. So they can basically just like ask for a King's ransom. If they get it, they pull the trigger. If, if not, they don't, keep them negotiate. They, they, they a Rangers it. ransom, you mean? Yeah. And where the Kings, the Kings <laughs> nice. are, they're, nice, they're probably nice. just looking to sell to Foley regardless. They're going to get as much as they can yeah. for him. Um, you know, right. they've already started just kind of stockpile assets with, with the They Campbell should just trade everyone. Yeah, that. exactly. If you're so, following that frame of mind right yeah absolutely. I, the yeah. idea is and they look the good the rebuild is looking good it's right looking now. fine it's but looking you great. by the time that competitive window rolls around they they don't feel like the is going to be much oh yeah no where it's worth holding yeah. on to versus what you can get for him uh who knows maybe got a cobertar oh we're talking la sorry i was talking new york's looking good la is looking like shit yeah yeah never mind so that's the rebuild shit in la yeah, Kopitar, sure, Doughty, they age well. Maybe they just, they're fine with having Kopitar just ride off into the sunset. Doughty, they're paying. They're literally just going to burn him into the ground 22 minutes a night just until his skates fall off. Yeah. Kreider, or sorry, the Rangers got a lot, you know, they got a lot of really good draft picks. Obviously, they got some good yes. goaltenders here now. Um, And, you know, if they do trade Kreider and get saying. a first round pick and not another one, oh, I think that'd, that'd be, be the way to go. Um, to me, I think that the one spot that I think makes a lot of sense is Boston. Um, You know, Kind of similar Big to how... Big body. He's got a lot of skill. He's from Massachusetts. Speed. He runs goalies. Well, like, honestly, it the, writes like, itself. Honestly, he loves like, to hit ju- goalies. Just like... Um, kind of like how Montreal does it. Like, you see Montreal, like, they always go and sign the Frenchman. Where... No. I feel like Boston, there's very similar in, like, they always go out and get these guys. Last year they, they got Marcus, Marcus Johansson <laughs> yeah. and he got just crumbled yeah. by... But no, uh, but they go out and get, like, these mask guys all the time. They get, like, Jimmy Hayes and whatever. Um, Jimmy Hayes. I, I think this one makes a little bit of sense. From Boston. Uh, I, Chris Crada. I'm in complete agreement where... From Boston. His... his Value is going to drop regardless. Like you're not going to play with Mika's advantage at anywhere you go. That's if, what I'm saying. if you go to Boston, you're going to be playing with David, David Krejci. Krejci. And, and I think Coy. I think the best case scenario is that like Kreider is like stays put. Rep- replicate um, Jake DeBrusque's output. Um, you know he's got As 17 goals, 33 points in 50 games. Sure, pretty solid number. Similar to Kreider. Uh, Kreider's just been a little bit better, and I did nail it. 24 points his last 23 games. So, um, you know, his value is going down wherever he goes. Congrats. Yeah, I, I, the, even if the, you want to make the argument, there's the off chance that uh, Boston might want to balance their lineup a little bit more with a guy like Kreider and drop Marshan down or, or Pashnik down, but more no. likely be Marshan because Kreider and uh, Marshan yeah. both uh, almost exclusively play the left wing. Uh, but you got if this is happening at the uh, deadline, you're exactly. looking at a 10 to 14 game window to convince Bruce Cassidy that he shouldn't play. 
Marshan, Pasternak, and Patrice yeah. Bergeron together in the playoffs. So I just think it's unlikely uh, that they get there. But it, it could happen, especially on a trial basis. Um, so who knows for a game or two. Uh, could end up being some pretty significant value for Kreider. But if he does end up in that spot, it almost doesn't even matter who he performs. It's more or less the ramifications on the rest of the lineup. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move along. Got J.G. Pajot from Ottawa. J.G. Um, Pajot! I think it's very clear. I don't think we need to go too crazy in depth on this one. Um, his value is going to plummet. Regardless of where he goes, yeah, uh, because teams acquiring JG Pajo that are in third line. Uh, a playoff role, they're looking to acquire him to be a shutdown yeah. third line center. Where Plug it in Ottawa. Most more times than not, he's their number one center out there with Brady Kachuk trying to drive offense. Yeah, and I think even if he ends up uh, maybe with some slightly better players, say on a deeper team like Vegas or something like that, uh, where maybe his wingers improve. Slightly, I don't think it's going to be enough to offset the drastic yeah. drop in usage. Yeah, like we're talking about, he's going to be going from like 20 minutes a night to like yeah. 16. So just like you said, yeah, I, 17. It, you said it perfectly. I and think defensive it's really, minutes. It's hard to dream up a scenario uh, of a team that's in a position to really where it makes sense yeah. to trade for him that would uh, you know replicate its yeah. usage. I think you're getting to the point with JG Pajot yeah. where uh, he's uh, almost warranting a drop in most Yeah, he's not playing 19 minutes center. a night. Yeah, he's gonna, yeah, like you said, he's going to be playing second, maybe third line minutes. Uh, not PP1. No, yeah. He basically yeah. is like reluctantly plays the power play in Ottawa. There's really just yeah. not a lot of other options that make sense. But playoff hero he um, in Ottawa hero. in previous years. And a really so strong Can show player. up for He's other really teams. He's really cooled off, though, too. I mean, only, yeah, he, was, he was on an absolute heater there in December, uh, November. Um, He's only got four points in his last 12 games, so uh, not even really a lot of fancy value to speak of as Drop of now. Wolf. But um, all right, let's just really quickly go around the room here. Where do you guys, where could you guys see him ending up? That way we can flex and we get it right. I'm going to say Edmonton. I think Edmonton is probably going to make a couple moves. Holland's not really known for that, but like they're actually playing phenomenal. Yeah. And I think he's got to go find a winger on the cheap. Um, we'll get into those a little bit later. Uh, and then they need a third-line center, and I think Pajot's a perfect fit. It's kind of right now, it's like the way they're playing, kind of maybe uh, a little bit better than they they should be. Yeah, and it's, it's like you got to be like kind of similar to what Columbus did last year. Just fucking go all in. You got McDavid, at, at, you know, doing – what he does, and Drayson are playing unreal. Nuge is playing great. Yamamoto's come up. Everybody's playing great that should be playing great, but they just have so many holes. And if you can just patch it up and kind of go all in, dish a couple of draft picks, I think a guy like Pajot on your third yeah. line makes it so much easier yeah. for McDavid and Drysaddle in the playoffs than maybe at one wingers. Well. Or the second line as well, and it gives you a little bit more flexibility to play Drysaddle and McDavid, McDavid together. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I think if you, you go and do Or Drysaddle like with a guy like Pajot, yeah. right? Like, that everyone's kind of set on them bringing in a winger to play with McDavid, but I think you might already have the winger in the house. Exactly, and you, you make a move for a center, and it kind of allows you to move Dry Settle away from the middle of the ice, which I think they're you know they'd like to do. Dry Settle is obviously a, a great center, um, but if you're looking at from a fantasy perspective, obviously you'd prefer he'd play with McDavid. So hopefully it ends up that way. But obviously we and understand. No, and if it and does. nothing's to say that you can't go get a winger and, and make it you know Dry Settle, McDavid, Cassie, and, and then put that winger with Nuge and then still have Peugeot as your third line yeah. center. Like it could. There's so many variations, and it just would create so much flexibility to where what they have now is literally fucking zero flexibility. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just think it's clear that they're a top six forward or two away from really being a legitimate threat to go deep in the playoffs. I uh, I got a, a pretty out there guess for mine. I think uh, I think Vancouver going to take a shot at them that we've seen some injuries to uh, Elias Pettersson lately yeah. and uh, they're looking for some help up the middle you know, Brendan Sutter currently playing third center so he well, can take a little bump back yeah absolutely yeah so yeah. Um, so when Goddard goes Sutter you know they can mix some pieces around that's my my uh, my toss out I think he'd make a nice spot in their top nine um, it's crazy at, to even think about like, it's crazy that Vancouver is just potential buyers but I mean and, they're fucking leading the Pacific yeah so. I was going to say that's why they uh, it's, I, unbelievable. it's time to make a splash make those BC fans happy yeah, I do think Vegas makes some sense too. Yeah, you see Vegas them kind of make similar yeah. years, and 
similar moves in years past. But the team, I yeah. think, has a little bit of work to do to convince the GM that it's worth it. But obviously, I think McPhee's the guy that's shown he's worth, uh, willing to take this kind of risk. Yeah. He, uh, history with, you know, making trades with the Senators as well. For Already sure. got Mark Stone, so uh, something to be said there as well. Uh, all right, Tyler Toffoli, you kind of mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, he's had a pretty resurgent uh, last month or so, uh, especially yes. while Dustin Brown was out and he was, you know, getting a run <laughs> with uh, Anze Kopitar. Um for a team that's kind of out of it, it was, you know, almost best case scenario for the Kings. Uh, kind of the, the opportunity to showcase just how good uh, this guy can be when he's playing top line minutes. And uh, he really kind of relished in that role and, uh, and and played phenomenal hockey. I'm um, just trying to pull up his numbers here over the last. So since Christmas, um, he has five goals, four assists, nine points in his last 14 games. So not, you know, ridiculous numbers, but uh, 52 Bottom shots. Bottom of your roster type like shit. Real nice numbers. Uh, somebody that you could definitely plug in the top line. Uh, with a team like Edmonton uh, that really needs help in that spot. Yeah. What do you guys think? Um, I got him uh, just strictly because of the contract. I uh, I say I, I had Colorado as my top option for him. I could see them picking him up, just improving that top six, moving a couple other pieces around the lineup. And uh, they got the expendable pieces right now. I think LA would take a couple things that they got going on in the minors, but who knows? I mean, I'm a little biased. But uh, as a whole, it does make a fit. They could take that contract for the rest of the year. Um, and you can always use the offensive help. Especially on a team like that. Yeah, I, I think this is the first guy uh, where a trade to the right team could actually really boost the fantasy yep. value. Toffoli's never really seen an extended run on the first line in L.A. Uh, I, was, I was looking at the numbers earlier. Between the 2016, 17, and 2018, 19 season, so that's the last three years prior to this year, Toffoli and Kopitar played just over 500 minutes at 5v5 together. So that's not a lot of time lot. at all. For context, Dustin not Brown played over 2,300 minutes with Kopitar at even strength over that same stretch. Uh, so now with Brown out earlier this year, Toffoli actually got to play with Kopitar. And the result's obviously a, lot, a little bit more than encouraging here. And I, I think this is... Uh, it's crazy. Really, you think they'd just be like curious. Like, hey, yeah. you think and it I, works? I, this is really the, the, the driving point of why I, I think he makes a lot of sense, especially for a team like Edmonton uh, with an elite center like Connor who can yeah. sometimes struggle on his own end. And 179 minutes together, Kopitar and Toffoli averaged two and a half expected goals uh, per 60 along with 28 scoring chances. And, you know, grossly outshooting and outchancing the opposition which is really drastically different than what we've seen out of Brown with Kopitar this mm-hmm. year. Brown, Kopitar, I follow, have actually acted more of like a shutdown unit. Uh, whereas when Toffoli was there for that stretch, they were actually producing a lot offensively. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he's proven to be one of the better complimentary players in the league. Um, kind of like uh, Zach Hyman, but with more offensive upside. Uh, just to give you the kind of idea type of player that we're talking about here. Uh, and he's consistently averaged around 25 goals over 82 game pace. Uh, despite never really getting the top line minutes. So I think if he ends up on a contending team that's in need of a top line winger, ideally, uh, I think the Oilers are the, are the premier spot here. And whoever ends up there, because I do think we all assume someone's going there, yeah. uh, a top six forward. That's a, that's a lock. Uh, but I, I think you, you'd obviously, to fully, you'd want to pick him up immediately. Uh, a lot of potential here. He just needs to end up in the right spot. I, I'd be following closely. I don't think it's uh, to the point where I'd be making the preemptive move. Uh, but you want to be all over it once it does break. Cause yeah, I was going to say, it's almost getting to the point, maybe, you know, wait this week out, but you almost, it is getting to that point where you kind of just want to add them and just say, hey, fuck it. Like, let's yeah, just hold right on out. for a week. Just play him. He's still putting up points in, in, in LA and just hope that he ends up in that spot and then you yeah. don't have to worry about rushing to the wire. Yeah. Just kind at least of, it's not like a ter- it's great- not a terrible hold, at least. Uh, yeah, like, you can justify scenario, putting him just in. drop him at 3 o'clock on yeah, whatever exactly. day. Yeah. He's got a great shot. Like, yeah. Anywhere he goes, if he plays with a good it's center, traded at he's going to end up being... <laughs> 
One of those late ones. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just been frustrating because it's always been a guy that you think has all this untapped potential. Mm-hmm. They've never actually let him loose on the top line. It looks good early in the year, and then as soon as Brown comes back, yeah, uh, that's it. So yeah, he played 180 minutes over what whatever it was, a 15-20 game stretch. Uh, you know, that's almost halfway to what he played with Kopitar the three years prior. So Yeah, I think yeah. there's some other teams that we could kind of just talk about quickly that have, you know, the cap space to maybe make some moves that could be looking for guys like this. Uh, I think the Islanders are a team. Yep. Um, you know, they, they've kind of been... Their center's locked up, but they could use some... Bailey to the third line, playing Bailey's third line center. Kind of not really ever been set on, like, who's going to be that second line right winger. Maybe that's Tyler Toffoli. Uh, the, the Panthers as well. He would look really good on a line with, with Vincent Trocek. Um, you know, Achari's been great there. Um, but, you know, now we've seen Achari move back to the middle with Barkoff. Who knows what's going to happen there? I think they're another team. And I think a really interesting team here, especially for Toffoli, is the Blue Jackets. Um, just because they're, they've been just so ravaged with injuries. They're, yep. just, they're just searching for, they could for, use him. for answers. And I think ideally when you get in the playoffs, they want to use like the Felino and Jenner together in a third line shutdown role. Rather Felino, than have, Jenner, Anderson's normally exactly, in the Exactly, when Anderson's healthy. Yeah. Um, you got those three together in the third, down, third line shutdown role, and that opens up a spot in that top six for somebody like, um, you know, whether it's Toffoli or whether it's another, you know, one of these yeah. other guys we're talking about. I think they're a really interesting team to watch. I got Dallas as well as one. Just, for sure. Um, oh, Dallas, absolutely. Yeah, Dallas him. is one I had written yeah. down. Yeah. I got to think Yarmo be a little bit hesitant to Oh, he doesn't have a lot of assets. Future. Not a ton of assets. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, George Strand, we've seen play the left side in the past. So yeah, and he's just been ridiculous. Obviously, we'd be really excited at, uh, over a combination of a George Strand, Dubois, and Tofoli, oh, yeah. right? Oh, PLD. Uh, and it's certainly, you know, plausible. Like we said, uh, Yarmo, yes, not a lot of assets, but it's certainly shown... Can make uh, it happen though. To take that that gamble before likes to pull the trigger. Teams close, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just one other team I wanted to mention before we uh, continue talking about these guys is Philadelphia. Obviously, I think that this is probably a team we wouldn't have been talking about in this spot, but they're in the custom making the playoffs. And the Lindblom injury or hurts, whatever it is, we'll Patrick call it. Illness. Yeah. They, and, and Noel Patrick should be back soon, but the the Lindblom illness <laughs> uh, basically out for the year. Um, no, he's out. That opens yeah. up a massive spot, massive hole. Yeah, it, uh, it's obviously terrible all the way around from a hockey perspective. It, it's a big blow because it's a guy who can play heavy minutes on both ends. Just of the terrific ice, and hockey He's just been player. getting better and better every game he's been playing. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, ho- ho- hopefully we can see him back on the ice as soon as possible. Yeah. But yeah, you would think it, it creates a bit of an urgency to make a move if they do feel like they're in a spot where they can still contend this year. And Joel Farabee has really stepped up lately. He's been on a terrific heater. Um, so their top six is is pretty solid. Uh, but, you know, we've seen Voracek kind of get bumped down to the third line, too. He hasn't been great this year. And yeah. so maybe that just oh, it just creates so much flexibility. So there's a lot of teams. Like, it's really crazy um, this year because I, I feel like there's way less names out there than normal. At least way less, like, like really enticing names out yeah. there. But there's so many fucking teams in yeah. the mix. The Metro it is, is insane. And then you got the Pacific, which every fucking team in the Pacific is could still win the division yeah like and everybody's then, right there it's so yeah. there's so many the atlantic's so- more competitive this year with the Leafs falling back and then obviously florida taking yeah. a step forward too so. it's definitely a seller's market like some of these guys would probably not fetch a huge return in most years but this year shit man like they uh, could end up getting big hauls for these guys especially the negative 800 guy we're about to talk about here yeah so let's talk about my boy andreas happened to see you i'm hoping that this seller's market really works out for the red negative Wings. 800 adding uh, a couple more draft picks yeah. into the uh into oh the if we're stable. gonna talk plus minus real quick we should just give some props to Pajot because he's a plus 11 in Ottawa right yeah, that's fantastic crazy but we're not going to talk plus job so JG. we're going to stop there no. yeah. um, the short handed points the, uh, the leader the green jacket leader right now yeah. Andreas Hathen to see you he's golfing uh, he's on definitely fire. it seems likely that he's going to get traded um, 
It's crazy. This guy's. I think obviously we can. We, I think we can all agree that no matter where he goes, um, it's gonna, gonna get better. Value. Yeah. Uh, it can't get any worse. He's really had a tough year. Injury is just not playing great. But this guy is arguably one of the fastest skaters. He scored in the NHL. thirty goals uh, last year. He was terrific last year. It's huge. It, it's just on a shit team. I think like. I think that Iserman, thank God, is running the show right now because Kenny Holland would have dumped him for a third rounder like two weeks ago. Sure. I think that I think Iserman will hold out and hopefully get uh, a pretty good return. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to save my prediction because we're going to do some bold trade predictions later in the show, and what mine includes Andreas Athanasiu. So I'm going to defer to you guys. What do you guys uh, see? Yeah, I think if he ends up in the right place, he could be worth rostering in standard leagues. I think more likely he'll end up being a little bit more than a streamer when the schedule lines up and it makes sense. Yeah. He has that offensive upside where it's worth plugging him in. Uh, to me, I think Nyquist in San Jose or Zingle in Columbus last year, right? Yeah. Athanasiu most likely going to end up in a place yeah. um, where he's going to be playing third line minutes and maybe second power play. Uh, and then if there's some injuries, he can move up the lineup. Save for Edmonton, again, obviously that's the main one where uh, it really sticks out as a sore thumb as a, a contending team that re- needs help in their top six. If he doesn't end up there, uh, you know, I don't imagine he'd be worth rostering. Uh, but we'll remain on the radar, at least in a, a streaming capacity, I would think. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I, I mean, can't add much more on. I got... Um... Colorado, Dallas, Calgary, maybe even Arizona taking a little stab at him. Um, realistically, any team that can use the top nine forward, you could see him going there. Um, again, I mentioned it, just a year off, 30 goals. That's something that's very enticing. But yeah. uh, fantasy-wise, I'd feel a lot better about Colorado as a landing spot if it hasn't been for their second line of late because I, yeah. I'm sure you know that Nachushkin and Bierkowski have looked just yeah. phenomenal uh, on Kadri's wings lately. So uh, maybe about you know even just two or three weeks ago, I – Kind of would have been the same boat that you know Kadri's wing might yeah, be a I nice see spot plug in that third line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, George but it's just <laughs> yeah, it just looks so good lately that it's uh, it's hard to imagine a lot of minutes just to be waiting for Athens. Yeah, arrive. no, I wouldn't expect enough to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, um, yeah. That Buffalo game though, could you was, imagine uh, Ath- adding Athanasius speed into like that Avalanche lineup? Though? Like they are already yeah. just like such your team would just already be on. Oh, yeah. they'd have to be on their toes even more. Oh my. God. Yeah, but I just yeah. think it's Wait. again like, and then Colorado's so deep, like they go four lines deep. It's he's not gonna end up in a spot. Oh, it's definitely not a fantasy relevant Edmonton, spot. Not, no. not to beat that uh, a dead horse here, but I, you know, I it's unlikely that Nyquist or sorry, not Nyquist, essentially Nyquist, happens to see is gonna end up in a spot uh, where there's 17 minutes and top one oh, power no. play minutes yeah, carved no. out for it. More likely, we're gonna be looking at around 13, 14 minutes. Playing bottom six and then probably second power play, oh, uh, save for yeah. some injuries. Give me Athanasio, Rupe Hints, and Joe Pavelski. Right? Again, <laughs> or got Gary Onoff dropping down that they're like, oh, just, Gary Onoff fucking flies too, man. That team would be uh, just so fast. Be Another whipping. guy that we absolutely love, Andre Cash. Um, he has poor man's to fold. A couple years left <laughs> at uh, at two point six million. Um, I think this is kind of another still an RFA after that too. exactly. So I think that this is um, kind of a similar situation. I would say to the Rangers and Kreider. I don't think they're like totally set on selling him, uh, but if somebody comes knocking, uh, they're yeah. gonna they're the, gonna get a big return yeah. and they're gonna yeah kind of just jump all over it. But what a pickup he would be for any team. Uh, this would be, you know, and I could see what yeah. I could see. I don't, love that I don't think that this is going to really boost his value uh, a ton this year. But what I could see is like this guy is going to be like Oliver Bjorkstrand. Like 
He's going to go to a team maybe and get in the third, be on their third line, not really be great this year, but the next year, moving in the top six and then absolutely blows up. Like, Cash is right there, just waiting to blow up. And it, it just kind of all depends where he goes. And Anaheim just doesn't score enough for that to happen. Yeah, and he's kind of gone under the radar this year because he's shooting 5%, but he has yeah. like 120 shots in 45 games. 2.68. Shot is fantastic. Yeah, 2.68 a game. Ice time's up. Still room to grow, to your point, Brock. 16.46 right now. So, uh, you know, still uh, reasonably about a minute or two to grow. Uh, if he ends up in the right spot. Uh, but again, like you said, with all the team control that the contract comes with, it's hard to imagine yeah. him being moved. It's on a musty. Yeah, it's, you know, and I think... It's a great contract. be we great if they can ready. move him, though. So we don't have shoot up, but yeah, I would imagine a guy like Casper Kapanen is probably more likely to move than Cache, or oh, at yeah. least um, would be a lot more affordable uh, in the sense that Kapanen, uh, on a slightly more expensive cap hit, uh, but also is a UFA at the end at the end of the next deal, uh, and I, I think obviously the Leafs have some uh, you know a pretty obvious weakness on the back end. Um, so Captain just seems like the most heavily rumored and the most likely guy to go uh, in exchange for somewhat of a top four defenseman. Uh, so yeah, Captain's another guy which again could potentially end up in one of these spots where it makes a lot of sense. But more often than not, he ends up still in the bottom six. And so. I'm sure we'll get to him in our bold trade predictions yeah, in a minute. Uh, you got anything else to add on Andre Akash? Uh, just uh, I don't love the progression this year. I mean, seven goals uh, after what was looking like a nice little 30 game stretch last year. But um, again, if anyone were to get him, like you said, plug him in your in your top nine, you can play him there on the lineup. But uh, overall, you know, I'm not even looking near him at all for fantasy. Purposes. No, I think the future is very bright. And, yeah. you know, yeah. in a perfect world. Again, if he stays in Anaheim, maybe not. McDavid's wing, right. Yeah. But, yeah, more likely he ends up in a similar situation. Um, the thing is, the I, I would say the one the pool of teams for him is a little bit wider, right? Because yeah. you could potentially look at a team. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah, like any team that <laughs> just looking at the next two to three years. The, the team that kind of jumped off the page to me for cash was Winnipeg. Like yeah. a team that's been just searching for that, that like Roslovich hasn't that really turned winger. in. Yeah. yeah, that fourth winger play on the right side with Wheeler in the Ealers and just be amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. a team that jumped off because it's like yeah they're they're, they're on the cusp. If they get a they d- need d- some d- help, man. but then they can also kind of just look towards next year. But yeah. Shevel Dayoff never makes trades. No, and I think it like in Chevy. when you're in that scenario, you have like you know three or four like you know borderline elite wingers. Ideally, you look to add two or three more guys that can comfortably play in your top nine, right? Because yeah. then you yeah. don't got to worry about paying them too much either. But uh, like I said, Cash kind of flying under the radar this year. So it'd be interesting to see what he would fetch and how highly the Ducks value him. I think the other another spot that kind of makes sense for me is maybe somewhere like St. Louis, bolster that third line even more. Um, Jordan Kyrou's been solid, but not maybe uh, exactly what they're looking even for. Even Zach Sanford, I feel like Kyrou. they're just kind of like they're happy where, where, where he's at playing with O'Reilly and Perron. But if there was a better option, I think, you know. Uh, they would love be to happy have it, to plug yeah. it in there. Than yeah, like for. all these guys too. Like I was thinking about it. Like you got a guy like Athens CU or something. Like imagine putting Athens CU with like uh, Jaden Schwartz. Those two just fucking flying up and down the ice left and right. It would be, oh my God, unbelievable. But I, I hope the deadline is as exciting as we just made it sound. It probably, probably won't. won't be. It never yeah. lives up to the hype. It'll be a day full of insiders just like looking at their phone on TSN. I think it's going to be a lot of hesitant teams. It's weird. There's a lot of like. Yeah, just because of everyone teams. in. Yeah, everyone's in the. Like we said, everyone's in it right now. Yeah, and there's really not that uh, high end elite talent that there yeah. normally is to look forward or at least. Thanks, Arizona. Well, nothing's worse than like giving up assets and then like you don't even make the playoffs. Like For it's sure. such a such a tight. Or like you 4-0, the best team in the league, and then don't even show up in the second round. Weird how that happens sometimes. Weird. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Who wants to start with their bold trade prediction? Yeah, Jeeves, I'll, uh, I'll hit it. So my bold trade prediction is we see throwback Jumbo Joe, 
get traded to Boston to plug a fourth line role and just basically, you know, close out his career where it started, where he was a legend. And also we see the beard go before the playoffs and then turn into a playoff beard. But that's, uh, you know, that's my bold prediction. I, I see the Islanders trade, yeah. Islanders trade for him, and then he just doesn't report because he's not going to shave his beard. <laughs> that's why he didn't sign with Toronto. With it Marlo. makes sense. They yeah. were talking to him. Uh, I was going to take it one one more and say they bring back the old, just terrible uniform with the bear head on it yeah. when he used to play there, but we're not going to touch that one. He just comes out with like, his first uh, his first like warm up just with that just on, just to that. get everybody fired up. See, still on his chest. It's just like it's not it's not you anymore, Joe. All right, I'm going to go next because me and you have two similar ones, but I'm going to go with one uh, first. I'm going to say Andreas Athanasiu. Yep. Gets traded to Edmonton. Okay. Okay. For a first round pick. Oof. Wow. You think Oilers, wants a, listen, fuck? listen, Oilers, Oilers fans, get up in arms As about the return. Or about the the price for Athens to you, they're livid. But he arrives in Edmonton, okay. just fucking flying. <laughs> Pair him with McDavid, and he just starts fucking lighting it up. And then yeah. they fall in love with yeah. the Greek freak of the NHL. Yeah, yeah see, that's the thing about all the predictions here. They're not just about the trade itself, but what transpired. But yeah, what trade. the fans will feel in their hearts. Like, they're going to be pissed. Like, that's way too fucking much. This guy's a minus 87. Our boy Bagnell will be raging. He's got five goals this year, and then, and then all of a sudden he's going to show up and just be like, holy fuck, do we love this guy. For sure. That's my goal. And Detroit will draft a uh, 6-6 D-man with the 24th pick or whatever overall that they get from Edmonton, and he'll never make it to the show. Stay in Grand Rapids. I don't know. I don't Booking. know if the Red Wings are the team we should cheer for drafting. <laughs> hey, I mean they have what twenty eight points on the year. <laughs> Big win in San. They were really ready for this night. turnover on pace for forty three. That's why Ken Holland. You can't give up a first round like pick, two seventh round picks, and say you're good at yeah, drafting forever. If they knew they were that good, they would have taken them in the yeah. first round. You got the wrong Svechnikov. <laughs> it was like seven years early. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get the wrong Svechnikov. But, uh, <laughs> I was alluding to Tatsuk Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Full prediction. So I think Toronto and Montreal make a huge <laughs> a whopper of a deal that no one sees coming. <laughs> Casper captain for Jeff Petrie. Straight straight up. If it's not straight up, I'm wrong. We got a one for one. Captain Lace, a questionable hit on Matthews. The first time they play each other after the deal. Wait, why is that? What captain plays with a lot of emotion? Yep. He plays hard, and it's gonna be too much for him, and he's gonna go over the edge. Just someone's gonna beat him like, like, oh, you showed up on time for the game, you know, didn't sleep in. Like, Justified. Uh, and then along with Max Domi, Kapanen becomes Leaf fans' most hated hab of the 2020s. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, I'll roll right into my lock of the deadline here um, <laughs> because it kind of plays off what Brock was talking about before. Uh, I think, you know, it was going to be the least trading for a backup goalie, to be fair, but that already happened. Yep. I think the Oilers are most definitely going to make a move for a top six forward, but I'll go a step further. I think Adam Larson goes the other way in whatever deal that is. Whoa. And the player coming lock? back. That's your lock. Sounds like also a bold prediction. <laughs> it's a lock. It's a lock. That's okay, how bold Adam Larson is. is locked, gone. Pack your bags out of Edmonton. <laughs> and it might as well already be packed, Larson. And it's going to be hilarious because whoever's coming back is just going to be like so obviously worse yeah. than Taylor Hall. Yeah, we got a one for one. But finally, they can make that trade because Holland's in charge. I, and uh, I think Larson's a fine piece to add to your top four. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I think he goes. I, uh, along those lines, I'm not going to say that this is. It's pretty close to a lock, but uh, I got least grabbing. I think that's a lock. I don't, it's close. I had the least grabbing a right hand, a D man, and uh, 
if not, and my one lock player would be uh, Mr. Manson out in Anaheim. Um, Marinson? Josh Manson. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> especially with that CC injury and uh, that CC injury, just big quotation marks over here because apparently it's an ankle injury that's going to keep him out for a while. Oh, Cody. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were saying. You think I was given a nickname? No, Anyways. I thought like Manson had a CC injury and I was like, what does oh, CC no. stand for? No, just your boy Cody CC got yeah, hurt. Yeah, he did get hurt. Um, too many turnovers that he hurt his ankle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my lock to the ankle broken one too many times. So, so I'm gonna lock it in. I guess where it's a, a Leafs trade podcast, so I'm gonna piggyback off basically both of those. Yeah. Um, mine is David Savard will be traded straight up <laughs> Casper for Casper Kapanen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather have Jeff Petrie. How is this a lock? It's not a lock. <laughs> okay, really cool what? I, I couldn't think of a lock. Right. There's no locks. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be hockey buzz. I'm not going right. to five right. on the any lock. Of this is shit. that Edmonton's Hold getting a winger? Hold fair, on, I'm not done. To I'm be fair, done. saying anything a lock is a lock is pretty bold. Nope, lock it is. in itself. It right? is. It's terrible. It's like yeah. how I called the the anthem on the Super Bowl would be a lock over, and it was I just, just can't such wait an under. Oh, I hit I hit the hard under, and it was it's a massive W. I loved it. But okay, straight up, head to head, Leafs fans. Most of them who don't even know who David Savard probably is, they're going to be <laughs> up in arms. They made a trade for Mark. Up in arms, just like Athanasiu <laughs> trade. But they are going to end Mark up... Mark calls the games, or he preps the games. He's on the pregame show for Leafs Radio. They are going to end up falling in love with Mark Savard. Something. When he blocks 10 <laughs> shots. <laughs> for, or, <laughs> David Savard. David Savard. When he ends up blocking fucking 10 shots per game in the playoffs. Um, and blocks one with his head, Jamal Mayer style. <laughs> He's going to fight Kyle Clifford the first day of practice. They're both going to become instant folk heroes. Bertuzzo uh, Sanford style, is that what you're going for? Yeah, exactly. Like last year? No, I was just making fun of the fact that they're out in truculence. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. talk about the weekend streamers Tenacity. before we head out of here. <laughs> Get, start streaming on me, D. Yeah, let's talk about the weekend. Uh, four games on Friday, 12 games on Saturday. Love to see it. Five games on Sunday. So obviously... Uh, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, by the time you're listening to this, uh, assuming it's morning, Brock, by the time this gets up, it's technically already Friday right now. Exactly. Uh, is, uh, so you there's a number of teams that play on Friday and Sunday, which is great news for us. Um, there's four to be exact. That is the number. Ooh. Uh, gets me feeling first things. off. We got Buffalo. Not a lot to love in Buffalo right now, especially what's available on the wire. Jimmy VC, yeah, the only, only one. one worth mentioning here. He spent the last count of, Three games now on the top line. Uh, hadn't done anything before tonight, but he did score a goal. Yes, Pass off to you, Jimmy VC. Good job, job by Jimmy. You. Uh, but could be worth a flyer if that holds over the weekends. I, I think this really applies more for deeper leagues. One percent owned right now, Jimmy VC. So, okay. yeah, it's not a whole lot to like. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, still a professional hockey team, believe it or not. Uh, just beat the Buffalo Sabers tonight. Oh, puts them on pace for almost fifty on the air points. Yep, Detroit Red Wings, Toilet Bowl champions, 2000. Not even Toilet Bowl, dude. Destroyed Portage on champions. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Robbie Fabry is the one I thought to mention here, 6% owned. Brock, you crazy about Darren Helm on Dylan Larkin's wing right no, now? No, I had a humongous <laughs> rant on Twitter about Darren Helm and Justin Abdicator being are, in the top six. Are you I crazy about Helmer? The only other guy that makes a little bit of sense is Athanasiu. Yeah, but he was, was he on the third line tonight. Yeah, he played quite a, he played quite a bit tonight, though, which was nice to see. Um, but And then we just have to plug Philip Ronick. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> D's boy. Obligatory, also, yeah, throwback to Ronick. two years ago on trade deadline day when people were thinking Darren Helm would acquire a first-round pick. Um, <laughs> solid two way player. Yeah, it used to be good. Good thing they hung on to him. Uh, I think the Minnesota Wild. The they held town. on to him and then re signed the motherfucker. They I almost lost him. my mind. 
Sorry. The nerve. The nerve. Uh, Minnesota. Probably the best team to target this weekend. Yep. Games on Friday and Sunday. Uh, basically, their entire team is available on the waiver wire. They don't score that many goals. Kevin. They've been these, red hot lately. Holy fuck, though. Yeah. Have been not allowed that many Kevin goals. Fiala. Kevin. Been, Kevin Fiala's got like four goals in his last two games. Yeah. So talk uh, about him. Yeah. Eric Stahl, 33% owned. Their entire first line, under 33%. Jason Stahl, Zuck. Uh, Zach Parise, actually, the left winger on that line right now, 25% owned. And then Mats Zuccarello, 13% owned. Zucker on the second line right now, 90% owned. Luke Kunin's there. Kevin Fiala. Literally just plug and play these guys. Hope for the best. They're going to be playing a lot of minutes. They don't score a lot, like I said. But uh, at this point, those two extra games, especially I think obviously stalls the big prize. You know, you're going to be getting 18 minutes. Yeah, you'll be able to get him in too. Uh, I think Parise's fine. He shoots a lot. Zuccarello, if you're looking for assists, he'd be the one guy you want to pick up. Obviously more of a pass-first guy there. Uh, New York Rangers, the other team playing Friday and Sunday. Pavel Buchnevich, my number one option at the start of the week. If you're not reading the article, you're just you're just costing yourself fantasy uh, <laughs> fantasy weeks at this point. Uh, he, two goals, Solid two assists plug. in the last two games. He's still on the top line uh, with Zibanejad and Kreider, just 14% owned. The rest of their top six is pretty much spoken for. Did he play good in Toronto this week? Yeah, he scored. Yeah. Two goals. Yep. No, he yeah. had a goal and goal and two goal apples. And two assists last night. Goal and two assists. First and star then he had a goal in the on, in my first star. Night. Uh, so yeah, that's about it for the skaters. Friday, you, Sunday. You missed one team. Um, Anaheim plays Friday, Sunday as well. Oh, I didn't miss them. I just read over them. So yeah. I guess in a sense, I did miss them. Um, <laughs> uh, Getzlaff, forty-two percent owned. Uh, you know, again, if you're looking for assists and he's available, yep. obviously he's one of the best pickups you can make there. Jakob Silverberg, twenty-two percent owned. Only nineteen percent now. Ooh. And he had a goal. something. Three percent happened. He had a goal on uh, five shots tonight. Gives him uh, like. 16 shots in his last five games. Playing with Getzlav and Raquel on the top line. Has never seen a ton of run on that first line, so that's encouraging to see. Uh, shooting a lot, so I think he's a pretty solid bet over the weekend. Pretty sure dual wing eligibility. Adam Henrique. Just right wing. Just right wing. Henners. That was years past. He had dual. Uh, yeah, Henrique, yes. 12% owned. Center left right. wing. Uh, center left wing. There you go. He did play some left wing earlier in the year. Uh, playing a little bit further down the lineup, but he still plays a lot in all <laughs> situations. Uh, kills some penalties, too. So, obviously, I mean, if say it's come Sunday and a shorthanded goal is all that can save you. Maybe he's worth the flyer. Silverberg, I think, uh, in that same vein as well. And then our boy, Andre Cash, 4% owned in deeper leagues, in our shots boy. leagues as well. I would go even deeper if you're in like the deepest of leagues. Um, I think Sam Steele's also worth a look. They've been really giving basically like that rookie line uh, a ton of ton of looks. Uh, he's been playing almost 16 minutes a night. Uh, he's got a goal and three assists in his last like six games. So I think I'd still want those other four guys. Yeah, no, for sure. But I'm just saying, in, like the deepest yeah. of leagues. So uh, if you're in the, a league where Getzlaff, I- Silverberg, Henrik, and Cash are all rostered, mm-hmm. then I yeah, I think Steele is definitely Steel is worth it. just. They, I just uh, can't believe how much a guy like VC too. I, I honestly yeah. don't even think he should yeah, play don't love, I don't love. I don't love Jimmy. <laughs> uh, uh, that, the Red Wings. that team's trending down. Right, they were just one of the four teams that were playing Friday Sunday. So I felt like we had to try to prop someone up there. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for the Friday-Sunday. Again, that's Anaheim, Buffalo, Detroit, Minnesota, and the New York Rangers. Um, so, yeah, take a look at those teams if you're looking to get some extra games in your lineup over the weekend, uh, which you just kind of should be on a regular basis. Back-to-backs now, if you need some starts over the weekend. Black. Uh We got about one, two, three, six, seven teams that are playing back-to-backs on either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so we'll roll through them. Uh, Laurent Bressois, Winnipeg. Playing Ottawa on Saturday and then Chicago on Sunday, so we saw probably one of the, the uh, better picks that you can make. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to say there. I, I think obviously you hope he gets Ottawa over Chicago. Chicago scored a little better. They're actually in a playoff spot right now. Good job, you Chicago overcoming it's the odds. Just wild. 
Uh, but yeah, Robin 2% Lina. owned. Obviously not a great bet, but uh, definitely a coin flip for the win if he gets in there. Toronto. Now, there's a little bit up in the air here with the Leafs. Uh, You'd have to imagine health it's going to be Campbell tomorrow, Hutchinson on Saturday. Unless, unless Freddie's back. ready yeah. to go Saturday. Yeah. So, so, like, yeah, I that, think Campbell's a great pickup. He's got a, he's got a nice matchup tomorrow yeah. uh, against yeah. the Yeah, and you could definitely see some extra starts, obviously, with the back-to-back, but... Uh, just down the stretch, especially if you know. Freddie I mean, like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be surprised uh, if you know if Freddie's not back. If he put, if he wins tomorrow, I'm not going to be shocked at all. Yeah. If, if Campbell goes back to back and yep. starts in in, uh, in Montreal on Saturday, he re- it's not like he's had a heavy workload this season. Hasn't played a ton. I think that there's no reason. You know what you're you got in Hutchinson. You might as well start Campbell on a back to back. Hutchinson had about three or four good games before the last couple appearances, though. So yeah, yeah four, but then he also had like You're saying you wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if Campbell in his first you know two games, Justin has Maple Leaf started back to back. Yeah, I don't think so. I would be surprised. I, I could see where it's coming from, especially if he like shuts out it's the Brock's lock. Uh, but maybe he doesn't even play the Ducks. Maybe they save him in, for Montreal, right? Um, oh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in. there. Uh, I think the biggest argument or testament or how it could theoretically play out is they play Campbell Friday and hopes Anderson's ready. Campbell stands on his head Friday. Anderson's exactly. not ready, and they decide to put him back in there. Campbell's, you know, I'm good. I'm well, you're trying to win games right now. They're trying to make the playoffs. Absolutely. So Los Angeles Kings, what's left of them in net after that Campbell trade? Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson, 1% owned. They have the Devils on Saturday and the Rangers on Sunday. So Kings could easily win either one of those games. Or easily get fucking shelled in both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Cal Peterson yeah. obviously yeah. had a good year last year. Didn't look great. Um his last little bit could be like a Maxine legacy type thing where he just comes up and is always awesome, but terrible in the AHL. Absolutely. And then Jonathan quick is still just 28% known. So uh, quick could be available come Sunday as well. I think them beating the Rangers uh, on the back to back, it's not, you know, you, you don't love the matchup, but if you're desperate for a win, I think there's a good chance that happens. If I had to guess, he gave up five tonight. I'd say Peterson goes Saturday in New Jersey, quick Sunday in New York, which would set up, um, a little bit better for for quick, just because tough scene. Uh, you want to you, you you probably got your goalies locked in for Saturday Sunday. You're looking at quick at 28 percent owned, not so bad. Yeah, uh, Dallas playing Minnesota Friday, the low scoring Wild. So if Anton Kudoman gets that start, uh, that's a really good look. If not, they play St. Louis on Saturday. Blues obviously a great team, but again, don't score that many goals. So I think either way, Kudobin's a solid start mm-hmm. this weekend. He's 28 percent owned right now. Uh, they actually had a pair of back to backs this week, so hopefully. Uh, you got him earlier in the week. And they have, they, like, yeah, he's absolutely starting. The oh, no, so yeah, I don't know if it was back-to-back. Back, yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was, it was, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Yep. started the front end. Yeah. Um, I would be, I would assume that it's going to be the same thing. I'd say Hedobin probably goes Friday against the Wild, and Benny, or, and uh, Bishop goes in San Louis on Saturday. Moving right along here, Columbus playing the Red Wings. Sorry, the Dead Wings, Brock, on yeah. Friday. Uh, Colorado. The free Saturday. shutout wings. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, uh, if you're thinking at it like you want to take both games, you'd think Kivel Nevis, Kivel Nevis. You would think ne- he gets ne- the start in the start on Kivel Friday, Nevis? which would obviously be a tremendous, tremendous spot start. The best spot start of the weekend, honestly. Uh, if 100%. that happens, he's 1% owned. Elvis is up to 72, so you're probably not going to get Elvis. If not, you should just own him moving forward either way. Uh, but obviously, I, I'm not uh, totally, totally keen on playing Kivel Nevis on Saturday if they do end up. They're gonna Colorado. definitely go to him against the Red Wings. Um, yeah, no as questions. they should. You'd yeah, say, you'd think. And like I said, and he's like, looked really good yeah, in this. Brian Elliott shut out the Red Wings They're on Monday. Off of back to back too. Um, so yeah, he get any better. yeah. And Matisse, the boy, has looked really good in the first two starts. Right yeah. around a nine fifty save percentage. I think it's nine forty. What do you think? Like over under fifty percent, he gets a shutout. In that I don't game. know if you have you talked about Boston yet. Boston uh, no, we got two teams left here. Okay. 
So we got Colorado uh, that we just mentioned playing that front end against Columbus on Saturday, and then Minnesota on Sunday. So you'd have to imagine Gubauer gets that front end start, and then Frank Coos, Frank Sows, Frank Coes, however you want to say it, 21% owned. That's a great start for him against yeah. Minnesota on Sunday. Uh, not the best team in the league. Yeah, and, and he's been stellar all year. Uh, you guys are sleeping on Minnesota teams. a little bit. But they Frank, don't score yeah. a lot of goals, Brock. It's a great start to spot know, start against, especially when with all the uh, yeah. goal to, support. It's hard to beat them, man. Especially Frank Hoos is posting a 925 on the year on a pretty decent-sized sample. Yeah. Um, he's definitely someone who you could kind of lock and yeah. feel comfortable and with. And I think, yeah. it, let's say, maybe you're tied or you're one short on a win and you have a slight edge in splits. I'd feel really confident about sliding... Uh, Frank, who's in there? Because I don't think uh, Minnesota is really going to destroy your numbers one way or the other. And then finally, Boston. Uh, the only reason I have them last, they got Arizona on Saturday, Detroit on Sunday. Halak is already 62% owned. I was stunned, though, to even just see the number as low as it was. That's why I didn't even know if you were going to add them in there on that. Uh, you thought 62 I, I, was low? I thought it was low for Halak. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, even splitting leagues starts where, almost yeah. you know, perfectly evenly for the majority of the year. Uh, I thought it'd be a little bit higher. Like I thought, a lot of was, I thought there'd be almost a zero percent chance that you'd be able to go get Halak against the Red Wings on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. so but apparently you can. Yeah, again, just be ready tomorrow. Watch that Columbus goalie because Matisse, like I said, probably yeah. going to end up being the best spot start if he does in fact go against Detroit. Uh, the options on Saturday and Sunday are fine. You can get some coin flips for victories, but you're you're going to be risking a lot more in your splits uh, than that start against <laughs> the Red Wings tomorrow, especially with Detroit. Being on the tail end of a back-to-back, it's kind of uh, a cupcake start. So I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, the, I was going to say the rookie, but the, the more rookie. Yeah. Gets it. It's nice to uh, it's nice to get a start like that too. If he does excel, who knows? You don't maybe you don't have to start some of your goalies on Saturday, Sunday. If you get a nice dub, bring your goals against average down. Yeah, um, I'd say maybe you look at moving Corpusalo at the deadline, but it seems like the the biggest team in need of goaltending has already made the move. So yeah, can't imagine a lot of uh, attendees moving at the deadline, save for maybe some injuries between now and then. Jonathan Bernier has got to go somewhere, right, Brock? No, I mean like who needs to make a move? He's looked great. He's been unbelievable. Crazy, good for. He's good been literally, literally Burns. the only goalie better than Jonathan Bernier since Christmas. Elvis, is Elvis, yeah, right. But what other playoff contending team uh, besides the Maple Leafs is really you Nobody. know desperate for some help in goal? There's not, so no. it's yeah. unlikely to happen. But plus, Bernier doesn't know Nelson Mandela. Yeah, so. some injuries could definitely happen between now and then, and teams the, tend to get really desperate uh, when those injuries happen right before the deadline. Yeah, no, there's not really a whole lot. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Florida, um, but Chris Dreger's looks pretty solid there. So, and I um, think you we're not going to play hockey buzz any longer. Yeah, well, you don't, we've been buzzing plenty. I mean, you you pay Bobrovsky, he's going to be starting the playoffs one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way a GM just cuts his losses that early into a deal and no, no, gives no, up no. assets to supplement, you know, all the money you just paid in the. You should start if you give him that much money. You should start every game. Absolutely, games. yeah, all eighty-two. Um, but anyways, and you live with it. That was. Season 5, episode 23 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seager. we got Dylan D. Berthium to my left, Michael Buse Bondi across from me. We are presented to you by our friends at Odd Shark and our other friends, the Blue Stones, are coming at you with another fire track right now. So enjoy them, and we'll see you guys back here probably in a couple weeks. We'll figure that out. We'll post it on Twitter at DFO Podcast. See you next week. Did you know nominated Blue Stones? Lock those trades in. Those ones we called, they're all locks. Peace. It's not over now. So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to complete
At Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.